in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, hello. Um, Memorial Day is this weekend. Fantastic. Uh, summer is here. It was here a little bit too early this past weekend. What a horrible swamp it was. Uh, I almost had a, uh, a heat stroke. Seriously, I felt panicky and weird out there. I didn't like it. I'm not hydrating enough. And uh, it, ooh, very disturbing. I did not like this weekend at all. I mean, it was nice once I was indoors. The in-laws have finally gone home. And uh, quite frankly, we miss them. We miss them terribly. Great people. They uh, also look after the babies and uh, very effectively. They're, they're so good at it. So much experience. Me, what the hell do I know? <laughs> I don't know anything about this stuff. I just, anyway, try my best, but uh, they're old hands at it. My parents are very good at it as well. Two kids, one five months, one uh, two years. All right, and I would like them to be around for a long time, and the planet Earth as well. But Joe Biden being uh, you know, all reckless overseas, uh, what did he do here? He's saying stuff he probably shouldn't be saying. I think he's off message here. Uh, this is Joe Biden trying to sound tough to the Chinese. I thought he was supposed to be really good friends with President Xi. I traveled 800,000 miles with him to the moon and back. We, uh, Joe Biden saying we're going to go to war if they mess around with Taiwan. That may sound cool. It's not so cool to say it out loud. Cut 40. You didn't want to get involved in the Ukraine conflict militarily for obvious reasons. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are. That's the commitment we made. Um, why did he say yes like that out loud? I think because he wanted to not hesitate. <laughs> he knows what we do to him when he hesitates, when he hems and haws, and he wanted to be all decisive. Did that sound well thought out to you? I don't think so. I think he's shooting from the hip again. It's all about Joe looking good. One more time. Cut 40. I don't think that this is the policy of America, but Joe wants to look tough. Cut 40. You didn't want to get involved in the Ukraine conflict militarily for obvious reasons. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are. That's the commitment we made. Yeah. Even even the reporter's like, huh? Um, we have something called, uh, what is it called? This doctrine. I love saying it because I feel like I'm. it just came out of the War Council. Strategic ambiguity. Henry Kissinger and I were just speaking about strategic ambiguity, and it must be maintained. That's when we don't want to say out loud what we're going to do, what we might do. Everybody knows we're on Taiwan's side here. But if we start saying things like that, it's seen as very provocative. It gets the Chinese even madder. And uh, I don't think it's the right thing to say. Now, what do I know? You know, seriously. I know this. I know more than Joe Biden does, and I'm more with it than Joe Biden. I don't care how many plane trips he took with President Xi. I'm going to play that tonight, all the times that Joe has bragged about Pre- President Xi. Who benefited from that other than Hunter Biden? I, I, I don't know of anybody. I know that President Xi is not running around China bragging about how much time he spent with Joe Biden. Why wouldn't he? Because he wants to enhance. He wants to enhance his status and power. He doesn't want to confess to hanging around with Joe Biden when he was vice president of the United States. Um, Very strange. Uh, One more. 
Does he, does he go into a bit more detail here? We have to watch. The White House may have to walk this back. They've done it before. Uh, what the president meant to say was no. <laughs> he said yes, but he really meant to say no. Raises all kinds of questions about his competence and all that stuff. Um, hey, <laughs> this is a fantasy, but fantasies have a crazy way of trumming, coming true for Democrats. Eric Adams, the nerve of this guy, is making noise about being president of the United States. Joe Biden, given his state, everybody knows he can't run for reelection. So Democrats are salivating at the opportunity to come forward and run in 2024, which actually means they'd start running in 2023. That's when you got to start running. That's next year. That's a matter of months from now. And Eric Adams has floated a, uh, a trial balloon. He wants to run. And why not? It beats working. It really does. And he's got the, um, what does he have? He's got nothing to offer. He loves to party. He doesn't like to work. But, hey, dreams do come true. Do you think Barack Obama liked to uh, work? No, he liked to party. He got lucky and um, never got a damn thing done in the United States Senate. In four years, he goes from uh, freshman senator, nobody, to president of the United States. That's how unhinged this country is, particularly when it comes to race. You know, and so much of this, by the way, are foolish and silly white people trying to show everybody, oh, look, I'm not racist. I'll even vote for an unqualified black man. It sounds kind of sick, but there's something to it. Except for conservatives, by the way. Conservatives, it's all about ideas. It really is experience, accomplishment. Not so in the Democrat liberal world, woke world. It's all about what you look like. It's all about systemic this. It's all about historical that. So Eric Adams, president of the United States, huh? it's repulsive, obviously. And the idea that he could even get away with saying it out loud. But the way this press corps is, especially the toughest press corps in the world, no, they're not. They're, wi- they're wimps. They're wimps and they're afraid. They're afraid of the optics of the situation. It's incredible. So many people have been neutered and muted because they don't want to appear. They think the optics are such that, well, there are literally people out there, people I know, people who happen to be white, who are terrified of criticizing people who don't look like them. I could give a damn what people look like. All right? Okay? It And neither should they. But there's a class now, a special class of citizen who will not be criticized. All right? We should make up a little hierarchy. At the top of that hierarchy is uh, women of color. Absolutely. There is a reluctance like you. That's why the Kathy Barnett thing just so amazed me. It so amazed me. They were just afraid to go after her. Not me. I took one look at that resume and I knew we got a problem here. Now, Eric Adams is presiding over a city in total disarray. Did you hear about that horrible shooting on the weekend? Uh, what was it, on the Q train? A Goldman Sachs employee just gunned down by some total maniac. And the same day, Eric Adams gets a uh, a puff piece in the New York Post, of all places, about being the next president of the United States. He can't do what he's charged with doing, being the mayor of the city. has no idea, wants to go around catching cops on their cell phones. This is where he should actually be talking about systemic stuff. You know, fixing the systems, but he doesn't know how to do that. He's no Rudy Giuliani. He's no Mayor Bloomberg. 
Hell, in some respects, he's not even Bill de Blasio. Yeah, I know. I can't. I have no regard. I have utter contempt for de Blasio. But even he, in his own weird way, was better than Eric Adams, who just wants to party his ass off. With Cara Delevingne, he, he's still pinching himself that he got this job. He doesn't seem to understand that the job is much smaller with him in it. He's reduced the job. It doesn't mean what it used to. We used to have giants in this job. It's been going downhill, well, since 2014. Bill de Blasio appoints his successor. I believe both of these guys, oh, actually, we know that Eric Adams is a pot smoker. And when you're a pot smoker, people are like, you know, Greg, it really helps with anxiety. You know what? I want the anxiety. I want the edge. I want to be a little bit nervous. I want to be a little bit worried. Worry, anxiety, those things are there for a reason, to bring out better performance, to keep us alert, to keep us active. This guy is chilling at the mansion all day long, goes out 5 o'clock or so. Uh, for the, what, what does he do? The pre-gaming at the... What's that club he likes? Zero Bond, Bond Zero, Club Zero, some sushi joint downtown. And then, you know, the night is young. And then he goes out and just, uh, yeah, look at me, look at me. And there are a hell of a lot of people who should know better that are going around patting this guy on the head. Ooh, wow, we're so impressed. Don't be impressed. Be impressed when he brings us, <laughs> when he brings in some professionals to do the job for him. That's what they should do. Bring in some professionals to do the job for him. If he had any integrity, if he had any compassion for the people in the city, that's what he'd be doing. Essentially, he'd have to abdicate and give it over to somebody who knows. Hey, he's right down the hall, Rudy Giuliani. He cares. He cares so much, Rudy does. He really does. About all of us, this city did so much for it. You see how they treat him with, well, some people out there not being nice, horrible people. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who are alive today who would be dead if it weren't for him. Isn't that amazing? Uh, what else? What else? Oh, who saw the... All right, where's the Dino? Because I may want to ask him about this um, thing with the Yankee, calling the other guy Jackie, as in Jackie Robinson. All right, Yankees. What was the guy? Anderson's on the other team. Guy's name is Anderson, and he went around two years ago saying, look, I'm the new Jackie Robinson of baseball. I'm going to make baseball fun again. I'm going to uh, I'm going to be a character. I'm going to be out there. Now, that's one hell of a statement to compare yourself to Jackie Robinson, one of the greatest ball players ever, broke all kinds of barriers. I mean, Jackie Robinson is a hero, maybe even too much of a hero. Have you ever gone to City Field, home of the Mets? You walk in, it's it's it's, it's an homage to a Dodger. I never understood that, by the way, right? You go in there, there's Jackie Robinson paraphernalia everywhere. Was Jackie Robinson ever on the Mets? I don't think so. Why is all that cra- that stuff, memorabilia? I like Jackie Robinson. Back It was back before they made, you know, gazillions of dollars. You could He could be your neighbor. What was that? What was his number? 33? 22? 42. 42. There's a great book about him. Anyway, I uh, Jackie Robinson's terrific. But to, 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 hey, is any baseball player saying, call me Babe, as in Babe Ruth? No, you wouldn't do that. That's, that's chutzpah. So this guy, Anderson, what team is Anderson on? Do you know? He's on the Chicago White Sox. He's on the White Sox. So he says, 
call me. I'm Jackie Robinson. So everybody starts giving him a hard time over the past two years, calling him Jackie Robinson. Ha, ha, ha. Easy there, Jackie. I could see that as a friendly thing. He brought it up. Now, who's the guy on the Yankees who got in trouble for calling him Jackie? Josh Donaldson. Now, I love this Josh Donaldson. I saw him uh, after the game where there was a big fight. What position does he play? He's a third baseman. He's a third. Do we have the sound of what he said of the little, because uh, he explains it very, very well. Do me a favor, find that. He explains exactly what he was thinking, why he said it. It wasn't a derogatory term. This guy called him himself Jackie Robinson. They were, if anything, gently needling him. And there's a huge all-out fight. And the guy says, uh, um, wait, one more time. What's the guy's name on the Yankees? Josh Donaldson. Isn't it incredible how fluent I am in these sports matters? But I do understand right and wrong. And Donaldson was correct. This guy wanted the nickname. He got called the nickname for the past two years. Now, today he decides to be offended. And Donaldson says, I don't know what changed. Well, here's where I know something more than Donaldson, although he may have been asking that rhetorically. The summer of Black Lives Matter, the total collapse of law and order, uh, smash and grab, hit anybody you want in the face, cops are delegitimized. That happened. All right? And playing the race card is a key to status, power, and money. And I think that's what Anderson is up to. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Hello, hello, hello. Um, All right. How do we scam somebody, huh? How do you scam somebody these days? Hmm. How do you uh, get some easy money? What's a shortcut to status, power, maybe some social media fame? Uh, let's see. Uh, quite frankly, my options are limited as a white heterosexual male. But, um, if you're listening, uh, look, I don't, I'm not advocating this. And I know that, uh, most people find this kind of stuff abhorrent, no matter what you look like. However, uh, our culture, our society is putting a big time premium on race baiting. And, you know, I go back to the Central Park Karen. Who remembers this? It almost got the whole damn thing started. It was in, it was two years ago, actually, this month. It was just before, it was the same weekend, I think, that George Floyd died. Who's Amy Cooper? Amy Cooper is a uh, mild-mannered 30-something, living her life in New York City. She's got some job in finance. And like so many women of that age, she's unmarried and she has a dog. And she puts her heart and soul into her dog, right? And um, and that's that's fine. It's also a little bit sad, but I know what it's like. I do. I know what single life is like, and these dogs, it's almost like they become children. So what happens is she goes to the park, Central Park, and she lets her dog off the leash, and you can do that in certain parts of the park. It's no big deal. Happens all the time. Um, and at certain hours, I think anybody can release their dog wherever they are. I know some people get touchy about it, but boy, oh boy, somebody got really touchy about it. A guy named Christian Cooper. So Christian Cooper was the neighborhood whack job who went to the park to look at birds. The only other person I know who would go to Central Park to look at birds was Ed Norton, yellow belly sap sucker. Although, come to think of it, they weren't supposed to be within 3,000 miles of Central Park. They were supposed to be in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
But anyway, Ed Norton did see one that day with Ralph. And so did, uh, well, I don't know what bird he saw, but he saw Amy Cooper running around with her dog, a little dog, and Christian Cooper decides, decides to get involved. Are we ready? Okay. So Christian Cooper doesn't like this. Now, words are exchanged, interesting words that have not been reported. What you're about to hear went mega viral all over the world. Everybody saw it. And what did they do? They immediately canceled the woman. Immediately. Immediately. No, 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 no pondering. No, no, nothing. Just done. Her employer gets rid of her that day, that very day. What was the name of her boss anyway? Martian Company. These corporations have got to get some backbone, by the way, because she fired an innocent person. Go ahead. Would you please stop? Sir, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording me. Please, please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. I'm taking pictures calling the cops. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. Excuse me? I'm sorry, I'm in the Ramble, and there is a man, African-American, he has a bicycle helmet. He is recording me and threatening me and my dog. There is an African-American man, I am in Central Park, he is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. And my... I'm sorry, I can't hear you either. I'm being threatened by a man in the Ramble. Please send the cops immediately. I'm in Central Park in the Ramble. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. And that was enough for the mainstream media to cancel her. Oh, my God, she said African-American man. How how could she have said that? How could she have said such a thing? And I remember when this was all going down, and I was focused on something else, how afraid she was. Now, this is New York, all right? You, you meet people, you see people all the time. That was fear. Something told me she wasn't afraid because she saw a black person. I just had that sense, and I wanted to know more about this. What's really going on here? What happened before he started recording? Well, something did happen before. And you're about to hear the only guy in the world who knows it and put it on television and talked about it and tweeted about it. And that is an innocent person, that Amy Cooper. Now, you could say, well, wait a second. She said African-American. That's racist. I mean, why would she say that? Why would she? Well, all right, lighten up, Francis, okay, number one. When you call 911 and you report anything involving a human being, you know the very first thing they're going to ask you, right, about that human being? What color is the person? What race? They need to know that. See, law enforcement doesn't screw around. They need a description right away. And you go from big to small. You go from the most obvious characteristics to the least obvious, least important. You start from big to small. 
Uh, he's wearing a tan jacket. You got to go into detail. They're going to want to know. Is he a white guy? Is he a black guy? Is he an Asian guy? A woman? What? Hispanic? They want to know. So she beat him to the punch. I have to call 911 every now and then. All right. So getting back to the stuff that this guy said to her that nobody reported. And where did I get it? From his Facebook page. It's on his Facebook page. And this wasn't faked. As a matter of fact, the New York Times cited his Facebook page, but left out what I'm about to tell you. So Christian Cooper. And why is this in the news, by the way? Because that this guy, this nut job, this creep who goes around threatening women and their dogs just got a TV show. <laughs> the Birdman of Central Park just got a TV show because of this, because of his lies. Isn't that amazing? And what he said, what he said, I will prove it to you. That this guy is a creep, that he threatened her, and he should have been the one to be arrested. But in our topsy-turvy, ridiculous, value-free world, he gets a TV show. Stay with me. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 800 848 9222-800-848-9222. The White House has already come out and said our Taiwan policy has not changed. Joe Biden was speaking for uh, uh, Joe Biden, for confused Joe Biden. Uh, when he said this, it seemed like a big shift, but he was just uh, he was just being a tough guy. It seemed like the thing to say in the moment. Cut 40 one more time. You didn't want to get involved in the Ukraine conflict militarily for obvious reasons. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are? That's the commitment we made. Yeah. Oh, jeez. You don't know what the hell you're doing. You're supposed to keep your mouth shut about that. Even I learned about strategic ambiguity. Strategic ambiguity. They taught, they taught us that. Uh, where did I get that? Uh, the Army War College and the Naval War College. I actually attended the Naval War College. Um, got several lectures about strategic ambiguity. Basically, it means keeping your damn mouth shut. Keep them guessing. You don't say the obvious sometimes, all right? Everybody understands it, but when you say it out loud, it causes all kinds of problems. And there he is saying it out loud. Joe Biden was supposed to be the ooh, the, the foreign policy uh, guru, right? He knows all these people. He's spent all that time with President Xi. What the hell were they talking about, by the way? Seriously. What were they talking about? You got to figure, Hunter. You know, oh my goodness. China's been, as a policy, trying to buy off world leaders for a decade now. As a policy, they've got this big program. It's called the Belt and Road Initiative. They're building everything from bridges to airports to uh, sewer systems everywhere. And they're trying to make huge swaths of the world reliant on them. And then their leaders will be beholden to them because they'll be compromised and they're throwing money around like crazy. All right. Back to the Amy Cooper situation. This guy. All right. Can I do me a favor? Play a couple. Is this woman terrified or not? Go ahead. Would you please stop? Sir, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording. Please, please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. All right. She calls the cops and she's very hysterical. Please 
Uh. It's on hold? I'm sorry, I'm in the ramble, and there is a man, African-American, he has a bicycle helmet. He is recording me and threatening me and my dog. There okay. is an African-American man, I am in Central Park. He is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. There you go. <laughs> and my... I'm sorry, I can't hear you either. I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. I'm in Central Park in the ramble. I don't know. Thank you. What a son of a bitch this guy is, Christian Cooper. Give him a show on Nat Geo. A phony show about watching birds? Are you kidding me? Nat Geo. This is another episode of Racial Virtue Signaling. Another racial shakedown. It's the American pastime. Ben Crump is doing it. Uh, the, the George Floyd family, they did it. Let's talk about that, by the way. How much money did they get? Let me tell you something. Whoever you are, if you're listening, if I'm... If I walk out on the Third Avenue and I get run over or I get shot by a cop or who knows what, my family ain't getting $50 million, all right? That was a politically charged, over-the-top, ludicrous settlement. It doesn't work that way. When you got all that money flowing around, though, there's money to be made in racial politics. And this guy, Christian Cooper. So here's the part that nobody knows, but you will know, because he goes home from this encounter and before anybody knows about it, he's writing about it on his Facebook page. You ready? Christian Cooper. Central Park this morning. This woman's dog is tearing through the plantings in the ramble. And then he has a, a phony transcript or his transcript. It's like, you know, it wasn't recording, but this is his transcript. This is his version of what happened. OK, and it's like me, her, me, her. Here we go. Me. Ma'am, dogs in the ramble have to be on a leash at all times. The sign is right there. Her, the dog runs are closed. He needs his exercise. Me, all you have to do is take him to the other side of the drive, outside the ramble, and you can let him run off the leash all you want. Her, it's too dangerous. Me, look, if you're going to do what you want, I'm going to do what I want, but you're not going to like it. It's one hell of a statement, huh? Look. If you're going to do what you want, I'm going to do what I want, but you're not going to like it. Her. What's that? Me. To the dog. Come here, puppy. Her. He won't come to you. Me. We'll see about that. This is creepy. This is weird. This stranger is about to take, essentially, her child away from her. Dog, single woman, Manhattan. The connection is over the top, but it's a real connection. What happens next? According to Christian Cooper, he writes the follows. The following. I pull out the dog treats I carry for just such intransigence. Oh, my God, what a busybody jerk. Intransigence? I'm always on the lookout for intransigence. I didn't even get a chance to toss any treats to the pooch before Karen scrambled to grab the dog. I didn't even get a chance to toss any treats to the pooch before Karen, a derogatory term for a white woman, by the way, scrambled to grab the dog. Her, in all caps, by the way, don't you touch my dog. That's when I started recording, video recording with my iPhone, and when her inner Karen fully emerged and took a dark turn. Oh, Really? You threatened her, you threatened the dog. 
yet you come out the winner. She loses everything. You get a show on Nat Geo? Am I freaking hallucinating here? What's going on with this country, huh? We are out of control. Backwards is forwards. Mirror, mirror. This is this is parallel universe stuff. He got a TV show for his trouble. That's how weird people are right now when it comes to race. Especially people who work in the arts. Especially people who have big jobs in TV, communications, media. Because quite frankly, most of those people are white. You know what? They desperately want to keep those jobs. How do they keep them? By giving in to the mob. And by virtue signaling left and right. Oh, yeah. Can't be about ability or anything like that. No, it's got to be about... What people look like now. And see, 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 we obey the mob. We obey the mob. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, don't pick on us. Whatever happened to this woman? She was arrested for crying out loud. They arrested her. They arrested her for being threatened by this guy. It's totally insane. And Amy Cooper, wherever you are, I'm sorry that you went through this. And I'm sorry that our society is so sick as to see that guy as a victim and not you. But it is not you that's at fault here, Amy Cooper. It's Christian and ABC News and NBC News and CBS and the New York Times and everybody who fell for it, if not outright falling for it, at least willfully ignoring the facts, the fact that I just read you, that he threatened her. Here, doggy doggy. I'm trying to think about if I had a, if I went out for milk bones, and I carried them around with me. And whenever I saw a person behaving in a way I didn't like, I attracted their dog with a milk bone. Come here, doggy, doggy. I'm going to do something to you that you're not going to like and your owner's not going to like. That's, um, I think I think you can get arrested for that. And regarding anyone upset that she said African-American man, what do I say to that? What do I say? Where? Go ahead. No, no, the movie clip. Uh, Forget about it. Forget about it. Gail is in Staten Island. Hi, Gail. Greg, I was listening to you talk about uh, Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson. I got to tell you, if Steinbrenner was alive, Kate Smith would still be singing. And now we have Aaron Boone caving. That was between two players, and all he said was a quote from his book. You're, maybe he said, you're no Jackie Robinson. And I got to tell you, what, what's going on in this country, you're exactly right. They're just trying to divide us. Uh, when that cop on Staten Island put his knee into that man's neck and everybody jumped on the money bandwagon, what was he doing against the wall? He was a big man selling Lucy's. Who was paying for all the kids he had? Well, hold on. Uh, Daniel Pentaleo never put his knee on the neck of uh, Eric Garner, by the way. Never did. He was just (laughs) trying to take down a 300-pound man who did not want to be arrested any way he could. I've seen the video. There's a reason why he wasn't arrested, because he didn't break the law. Pentaleo, the cop, that is. And oh, by the way, I, I don't think we've gotten to the bottom of the uh, Blasio and and why that was, why that guy was removed, why why they called the cops, 
on him. Uh, I'll I'll get back to that later. Hey, do me a favor. We have what's that guy's name? Donaldson, the player. We have Donaldson, the player, trying to explain everything, and uh, it totally makes sense to me. Go ahead, please. All right. So first inning, I called him Jackie. So let me give you a little context of that. 2019, he came out with an interview and said that he's a new Jackie Robinson of baseball. He's going to bring back fun for the game, right? And 2019, when I played for Atlanta, we actually joked about that on the game. Um, I don't know what's changed from, and I've said it to him uh, in years past, not, not in any manner than just joking around for the fact that he called himself Jackie Robinson, you know. Um, so, you know, if something has changed uh, from that, like my meaning of that is not at any term uh, trying to be racist by any fact of the matter. Um, it was just off of an interview that what he called himself. And when we said that before we joked about it, he laughed, whatever. Uh, as you could tell in our series that we played, there's been multiple times where I've tried to defuse the situation. Like I, I took responsibility for the tag, wasn't trying to do anything there. Like today, just trying to defuse it. Like, hey, like make light. Like, hey, I, we're not trying to start any brawls or anything like that. Um, obviously, he deemed that it was disrespectful. And look, if he did, I apologize. Like that's not what I was trying to do by any manner. Um, and you know. That's really, that's what happened. That's what happened. It makes sense to me. But he did say in there, I don't know what changed. What changed? (laughs) Black Lives Matter summer and the collapse of society. (laughs) That changed. And now a playful ribbing on the ball field can be racialized and turn into a global incident. Jackie Robinson. Again, if if he called himself Babe Ruth. Hey, babe. Nothing racial about it. But what's his name? Uh, what is the other guy's name? Anderson. Now listen to this. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder about the whole damn thing. Yeah, here he goes. This is the guy. This is the guy who called himself Jackie, Jackie Robinson, in an interview with Sports Illustrated in 2019. Go ahead. Yeah, he just made a you know disrespectful comment. Uh, you know, basically was you know trying to call me Jackie Robinson. Like, what's up, Jackie? Jeez, uh, I can't hear what the hell he's you know, saying. Uh, I don't play like that. You know, I don't, I don't really play at all. I wasn't really, you know, bothering nobody today. But, uh, you know, he made a comment, and, uh, you know, it was, it was disrespectful. And uh, I don't think it was called for, as I necessary. And, you know, uh, it was just, you know, just uncalled for. You know, it's not, you know, I got time to, you know, be playing like that. Don't got time to be playing like that. So I saw a longer version of this. And I know there are some sports reporters out there who are pretty good, but the ones who were talking to him all seem to, quite frankly, be kissing his ass. The one, now I apologize in advance if somebody said it and I didn't see it, but I, I watched a good chunk of this interview and I didn't see anybody say, hey, uh, you know, you did call yourself Jackie Robinson in 2019, right? Uh, by the way, you've seen this guy uh, a bunch of times over the years and we're hearing he called you Jackie a lot. Uh, why wasn't it a problem then? And by the way, is there something, is there something derogatory about being compared to Jackie Robinson? I mean, if anything, comp- Anderson saying, I'm like Jackie Robinson. I mean, that's a that's a little bit much. Okay, you're a Hall of Famer, uh, this, that, and the other thing, uh, legend that they'll be talking about in 200 years? I don't know about that. I don't think that's true, Anderson. I'm sure you're a talented ball player, but I never heard of you. I don't care how much money. You know, th- nobody knows who these ball players are anymore. Nobody cares. 
there's that too. Anyway, Gail, final thoughts. Yeah, my final thoughts were uh, they better stick up for their player, Aaron Boone. And even the guys in the booth were uh, caving. Wait a second, Aaron Boone. Now, what? how did he get involved? He should stick up for his player. Aaron He's Boone or Aaron that. Judge? Aaron Boone? No, Aaron Boone is the coach. Oh, him. The manager, you mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you said the guys in the booth, what they they went weak as well? They went woke? You know what? This country's going so woke, they're going to be insomniacs like myself. <laughs> uh, what, what's up with you and not sleeping? I don't know. Just that's me. It's in my genes. It's always been that way? Uh, as I got older, yeah. Can I make a recommendation? Do you have a t- tough time going to sleep? I do. So, um... Uh, Here's what I do, all right? Ready? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, first of all, you got to go to bed at the same time every night, no matter if it's a weekend or a weeknight, okay? Can you do that? Yeah, I do. I do 2.30. Go ahead. 2.30 in the morning? Is that when you go to bed? I, I'm not kidding around. I unwind and I watch, all, I watch <sighs> your show on tape. All right. I want you to watch. Oh, gosh, you can't go to bed at 2.30 in the morning. There's your problem right there. That's too late. So what time do you fall asleep? I guess about 2.30. You know, I go to sleep. And... All right. All right. Oh, well, look, I think you should go to bed earlier, a lot earlier. Try 11. Do you have like a do you have a night job or something like that that keeps you up that late? No, I'm retired. All right. All right. Look, just because you can doesn't mean you should stay up that late. Because what time are you waking up? You need more sleep. I want you to go to bed earlier. Now, here's what I do to fall asleep. You ready? You ever notice when you're dreaming, um, it doesn't make sense? Like the dream, if you can remember it, is totally like bizarre and makes no sense. I mean, parts of it do, but parts of it don't, right? No. I I, Sometimes I dream and they're they're good dreams if I see people that I miss. I know, but don't you dream like, you know, for instance, I'll be uh, walking down the street and all of a sudden, the street will turn into, you know, a great big giant Fig Newton. And, like, Ronald Reagan will start coming out of it and talking to me. And then, like, a substitute teacher I had in second grade will, I don't know, jump on his back. And, and, and then and then it'll rain dinosaurs. You know, stuff like that. Do you ever, ever have anything weird like that? Never. Oh. All right. But, well, I was so going to say, you well, you, 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 you start imagining this stuff consciously. You pick a you pick just some random images that are totally unrelated and bizarre and weird. And you're walking down the street, and then just the last thing in the world that would ever happen. You know, Frank Sinatra comes at you, and and all of a sudden, I don't know, your cousin who you haven't talked to in twenty years starts tying his shoes, and then you just weird stuff from all over the place. And then you're on the moon, um, and. Just random weird stuff, and then your it tricks your body, your mind into thinking you're already asleep. It, it actually does work for me. I know it doesn't make sense. I didn't do a good job explaining it. Nate, number one, go to bed at eleven o'clock. What do you say? Uh, I'm, I know my friends have been telling me. I'll try. All right, I want you to try. Thank you, Gail. I'll be right back. I think I strained it out. I do. Thank you. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I just saw a great clip of uh, Donald Trump from 2016, and this lady goes up to him, it's a reporter, you've been labeled a racist and a sexist. What is your response to that? Just, I am the least racist person you'll ever meet. And just was great. And he is in so many ways, in so many ways. And only him, only him. Hey, by the way, Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, what a fraud he carried out. Fraud against the United States of America. So it looks like, I was looking at Michael Goodwin here, Mueller knew probably in mid-2018 that the allegations against Trump were a sham. He actually knew earlier than that. He was appointed in 2017. He knew very, very early on, yet he kept that silly probe going, all in an effort to disrupt Republicans and Trump certainly for the midterm elections, and essentially to try to sabotage his presidency. Because the fake news, you remember how relentlessly, Mueller, 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 Russia, Russia, Russia. And they tarred and feathered him. And anyone else, I think, really would have crumbled. Imagine that. You're innocent, and everyone is out there saying you're guilty. That's amazing. And only he could survive. Only him. Hey, you want to hear something beautiful? Who remembers Ronald Reagan? Uh, you know, our presidents don't have to be as divisive as they are. Ronald Reagan, only, oh gosh, we were so blessed. We were so blessed. You know, there was a time where presidents didn't talk us down and try to divide us. We all hear that from Joe Biden all the time, right? He hates America. Cut 51. Remember what you saw in Charlottesville four years ago on television? Neo-Nazis, white supremacists. The KKK coming out of those fields at night, Virginia, with lighted torches, the veins bulging on their as they were screaming. We know how deep-rooted racism is in this country. We saw the Klan marching here in Howell generations ago, and again in recent years. They're forced to live in fear for their lives, just walking down streets in America. The venom of the haters and their weapons of war, the violence and the words and deeds of the that stalk our streets, stop, our stores, our Stop, schools. stop, You see what he wants to do? He wants to make children afraid of each other. This is what he says about America. How did Ronald Reagan do it, baby? The Gipper. Let's hear it for him. Cut 52. Here in this land, we unleash the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. I've always believed that this blessed land was set apart in a special way, that some divine plan placed this great continent here between the oceans to be found by people from every corner of the earth who had a special love for freedom and the courage to uproot themselves, leave homeland and friends to come to a strange land. It's impossible to capture in words the splendor of this vast continent 
which God has granted as our portion of his creation. There are no words to express the extraordinary strength and character of this breed of people we call American. We have every right to dream heroic dreams. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. I love it. I miss this man so much. That's the way it's done. Be back soon. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Excuse me. Hey, they have a name for that guy who shot a man on the Q train to death. Goldman Sachs employee. No provocation whatsoever. It wasn't even an attempted robbery. It was just some maniac opening fire. And he's out there somewhere. Meanwhile, Eric Adams is uh, toying with the idea of running for president. Well, I think he should toy with the idea of resigning. Um, worst mayor ever, including de Blasio. Worse than de Blasio. Yet, um, he's got a certain, a certain entitlement to him, actually. He has this, like, entitled thing going. And he seems to be given a free pass by the fake news. Here's a little item about that shooting. Police identify the man wanted for questioning in the subway shooting of Daniel Enriquez. Let's go through this. New York Post reporting that police are looking to question a Brooklyn man with a lengthy rap sheet in connection to the unprovoked broad daylight shooting death of a subway rider on the Manhattan Bridge, law enforcement sources told the Post, as cops release surveillance images of the suspect in the deadly incident. The sources say they were looking to talk to Andrew Abdullah, who has 19 prior arrests in connection to the cold-blooded killing of a man headed to brunch in Manhattan on the Q train around 1140 in the morning on Sunday. He was still on the loose Monday afternoon. The police commissioner, a woman named Keechan Sewell, by the way, tweeted a video of the suspect wearing a dark jacket, white mask, and light-colored pants. This is another stupid thing about those dumb masks. Great for criminals. Daniel Enriquez, the Goldman Sachs employee, was 48 years old. The shooter jumped off the train at um, Canal Street. Abdullah's previous busts include raps for criminal possession of a weapon, assault, robbery, menacing, and grand larceny. It is not clear if Abdullah is the individual who appears in the images. huh? Enriquez was shot by a complete stranger in the last car of the northbound train at 11.42 in the morning. According to witnesses, the suspect was walking back and forth in the same train car and, without provocation, pulled out a gun and fired at the victim at close range as the trains were crossing the Manhattan Bridge. That's from the chief of the department, Kenneth Corey. Hey, by the way, stay the hell off the subway if you can afford it. Stay the hell the hell off the subway if you can afford it. I rode that dumb train all through COVID. I've been riding it. Uh, I've been riding it ever since I got back to New York, which was when 2007, nonstop. With a couple of brief interludes in places like Iraq. They weren't so brief, by the way. But no more. And my wife has strict orders to stay the hell off the subway. Orders! I tell you, orders! Once I found out that she broke the uh, rules. And uh, I won't talk about what happened next. But, well, it was a very... I gave her a very stern talking to. I don't want my family on the subway! Too many lunatics are down there. And quite frankly, they've been encouraged. They've been encouraged, right? 
to right the wrongs of our past. Oh, such a horrible country. Oh, we need equity. Oh, nobody should have more than you. Oh, we've authorized it. We've authorized violence. Once the train crossed the bridge and pulled into the Canal Street station, a witness into the shooting pulled the emergency brake. Do those things still work, by the way? I don't know that. I thought they disabled them. What good does that do? Why stop the freaking train? I don't know what good that does. What if you were in the tunnel? Anyway, I don't. I thought they took, got rid of those things. Train operator Louis Irizarry tried to revive Enrique as well, I guess, to get him. But still, I'd rather be in the damn station and get the paramedics down there. Enriquez was taken to Bellevue Hospital. He was pronounced dead. Let's see what else we got here. Enriquez lived in Park Slope. He had worked for Goldman Sachs for nine years as an investment researcher. Was on his way to brunch when he was killed, his sister, Griselda Vile, said. Vile, I think. And the worst part is, even if they catch this person, he's going to be out again, she said, touching on the state's bail reform laws that have so many, let so many criminals back out on the street. Enrique lived in Park Slope and had worked, as I mentioned, from Goldman Sachs. And this is what she said. Oh, this is good. I wish you guys would go back to Mayor Eric Adams and tell him the city is not safe. My brother just became a statistic on the way to the city. He was shot at close range. Eric Adams, do your job. I know you don't know anything. I know you don't have much of an intellect. I know you don't have anything in the way of accomplishments. I know you have severe deficiencies. I know you have reading um, the reading issues. Get somebody who can. I don't care if they hold your hand or they t- take over for all of it. And then when this was happening... You were musing to reporters about being president of the United States. You want to know how that works out for New York City mayors? It doesn't. Get real or get lost. Wow. All this. This is. Can you believe it? Where's where's Ronald Reagan, huh? Wasn't that a beautiful? Wasn't that beautiful listening to Ronald Reagan there? So inspiring. Hey, you know, it's really pathetic when Joe Biden tries to get inspiring. You know, he's mad and angry all the time. Even when he's trying to talk up America, he's mad and angry. Listen to this. Cut 53. I know this. It's never, ever been a good bet to bet against America. Never. We just have to remember who we are. We are the United States of America. And there's nothing, nothing. We can't do it if we do it together. It's like he's imitating, you know, some bad coach or something like that. Bobby Knight or something, yelling and screaming. That's not inspiring at all. That's, uh, hey, what's the deal with the baby food? The baby formula, which I like to call baby food. The Biden administration is trying to tell, tell everybody that they're heroes for bringing in the baby food from Germany. They knew about this problem possibly as late as... I think they knew about it last year. They definitely knew about it in February. And what do they do? They sat on it like everything else. Like everything else. Why? Well, not only are they politically tone deaf, but they have no managerial expertise whatsoever. Not Joe, not the chief minister of his, Ron Klain. Uh, Nothing. Nothing and nobody. All right. Uh, Oh, the Sussman trial. Michael Sussman, the lawyer. This is a big deal, folks. It looks like Michael Sussman was caught uh, lying to the FBI, trying to give them dirt, phony dirt, 
I mean, it's one thing to give somebody dirt if it's real, if it's genuine soil. But the whole idea of Russia collusion and Trump, that was all made up. They made it up and they gave it to the FBI. So Michael Sussman's on trial right now. He was a lawyer for Perkins Coie. He was contracted out by the Hillary Clinton campaign. He's getting all kinds of money from Hillary Clinton. And he goes to the FBI, says, I'm not here on behalf of any client. I'm just here as an individual citizen. Well, the FBI knew he was lying, and they went along with it anyway. And really, that Mueller is probably as dumb as, as dumb as he looked, or maybe he's just evil. But if he couldn't figure this out, it's pretty basic, by the way. The text messages are very clear, crystal clear. Remember when anybody in the Trump universe got in trouble? Well, I've never heard of Michael Sussman, so what's the big deal? We need a bigger player. Yeah, really? Did you ever hear of Paul Manafort? Most people outside of politics never heard of Paul Manafort. That didn't stop the fake news from uh, going hysterical because he got in trouble over his taxes from uh, 1982. Cut 41, please. Day 558 of the Trump administration and day one of the Paul Manafort trial. Paul Manafort is in U.S. District Court right now as day one in the first trial related to the special counsel Robert Mueller's gets underway. This is a huge day. The first public glimpse into Robert Mueller's world since he launched this investigation. Today, Paul Manafort has his day in court. Paul Manafort will be back in court this morning for the second day of his high stakes criminal trial. Uh, wow. That's, uh, those are the biggest anchors in the country at the time. Wow. What do they say about Sussman? Nothing. Here's another one they went, uh, totally over the top with Roger Stone. More people know who Roger Stone is than Michael Sussman, but still outside of politics, you think people really care who Roger Stone is? Cut 42. Roger Stone's trial kicking off with jury selection today. Jury selection starts today in the criminal trial of longtime Trump advisor Roger Stone. The trial of former Trump campaign advisor Roger Stone continued Wednesday in Washington. The biggest case out of the Mueller report, the criminal trial of Roger Stone begins. Wow. Sounds like a movie. Again, where is the footage about Michael Sussman? Let me find that. Um, Oh, here it is. Cut 67. Yeah, pretty impressive, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, see my point? Nothing, nothing. Oh, but wait, here's even a bigger fish they got. Remember George Papadopoulos? Oh, yeah. George Papadopoulos got in big trouble. Cut 43. Papadopoulos has cooperated now with authorities, and it notes here that he has met with the government on numerous occasions to, quote, provide information and answer questions. Papadopoulos has cut a deal with Mueller. The Papadopoulos case is is huge. The special counsel announced a plea deal with a former Trump campaign advisor who's agreed to cooperate. The sentencing this evening of a member of President Trump's campaign team and the special counsel's Russia investigation, George Papadopoulos. Wow. I think that was David Muir, the pretty boy on ABC News. That's a lot of attention. You know how much uh, jail time? You know what he was sentenced to? George Papadopoulos for his crimes? Two weeks in jail. <laughs> Two weeks in jail, which I which I believe, and he got weekends off. Two weeks. Must have been really, really, really dirty stuff, huh? All right. Can I hear cut 67 on Sussman again? Nothing. Nothing. And that ain't right. 
That ain't right. Um, there was evidence all over the place, yet the fake news um, ignored it. And that's what they do. If it damages Republicans, it's wall-to-wall breaking news. If it damages Democrats, we ignore it. Ignore it. And nobody was better at calling this out than the one and only Donald Trump. Cut 45. Here he is on 60 Minutes talking to... uh, I used to actually like Leslie Stahl. I'm sorry. No more. Cut 45. The biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. There's no real evidence of that. Of course there is. It's all over the place. Leslie, they spied on my campaign and they got caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied on my campaign. Well, we can't verify that. It's been totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie. And we already saw that. Leslie's uninformed. Attorney General Barr came out and said during his confirmation hearings, I believe, that they had spied on Trump. They spied on Trump. How do they do that? They started a phony investigation against Carter Page. Carter Page being a foreign policy part-time advisor to the Trump campaign. So by monitoring him, they invented phony charges against him. They were able to monitor him. Was the point monitoring Carter Page and what he might be up to criminally? No, it was to monitor the campaign, to see what was going on inside. And that, my friends, is illegal. Be right back with your calls. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What kind of soup? Tomato what? Tomato feta. I don't know if I like that. I remember Howard Stern used to order lunch from the Beanstalk restaurant. Does anybody remember that back when he was at WNBC? The Beanstalk was right across the the way there. I actually was so infatuated with that show that I would come in from Long Island just to go to the Beanstalk because Howard Stern went there. Uh, Thank you, honey. All right, thumbs up. Feta what? Feta soup. Uh, uh, The wife just brought in uh, chow, as we called it in the Marines. All right, Abby is on the phone from, uh, oh, hi, Abby. How are you? What's going on? uh, You're still engaged, right? I'm still engaged, and my fiance is really a fan of your outfits and watch collection. Excellent, good so, guy, good guy. Yeah. Uh, when is the big day? I don't know yet. We think we're going to do something small and intimate, but we'll definitely be married by the end of the year. All right, keep me posted because I want to send you guys something. All right. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, sure. So kind. All right. So what's going on? You, but well, I mean, I you know, you talked about Eric Adams before the city's a mess. You got him, you know, flirting with the idea of running for president. You got de Blasio running for Congress. So I just need to hear from you that de Blasio doesn't hopefully doesn't have a shot. And what you think, I mean, what are they doing? Well, look, Congress used to be a venerated body. I, I a long time ago, I wanted to be a congressman. Now it's as stupid as the city council. So I don't really particularly care. It's not a it's a new district. It's a swing district. It's unclear. It's unclear at this point who's going to be uh, vying for the seat. It could be Maloney, Nadler, and De Blasio. Um, I, 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 you know, knock yourself out. He has nothing going for him. He has no skill. He doesn't have a law degree. Lots of people don't have law degrees. But if you're a politician and you're a failed politician like he is, 
there's very few places he can go to make money. This is what he knows, you know, asking other people to make give him money. Is it possible? Yeah, I have not I don't know if the district is yet finalized. It's hard for me to imagine, but if he goes there, he can only do so much damage. I don't particularly care. And I got to tell you, it is in and of itself if he does go to Congress, it's such a demotion. Ex-mayors don't become members of Congress, all right? They go on well, they don't go on to much of anything, but at least they go on to make money or something. I don't think he's going to be successful, but at the same time, I don't really care. And I quite frankly think it's a bit humiliating for him, which I hate to say this, I'm all for. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. It's humiliating, but also, like, where's the Thrive money, you know? How can someone that criminal be running for office again? I just blows my mind. Democrat immunity and that uh, Preet Barara, whatever his name, um, not a... Not a terrible guy until he came down with Trump derangement syndrome. He was the U.S. attorney. Apparently, he had the goods on um, de Blasio. But our prosecutorial system has been totally, totally politicized, totally corrupted. Here are two prime examples, actually. Uh, Michael Grimm, the congressman from uh, uh, Staten Island, when they got him for not paying taxes on the delivery boy tips, you know, you know just how outrageous it is. They could have given him a fine. They could have uh, cited him. It was not a criminal matter. They sent that guy to jail. And that that's the kind of thing they do in Venezuela. The other thing is Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh D'Souza, I think, gave his friend $7,000 when she was running for the Senate instead of the 5000 he was supposed to. It was a limit. You see Zuckerberg is throwing millions. And they threw him in jail. It's insane. And this, you know, this country, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. Abby, though, I don't want to get us discouraged. You got a big day to plan for, and I'm glad it's going to happen by the end of the year. Give your fiancé my best, okay? Will do, Greg. We love you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, she listens from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, uh, I lived in North Carolina. Fantastic place, people, whatever. But I'll tell you what. All these towns, they really do blend together. They really do. They, everybody, people are people. We do the same stuff no matter where we are. Karen in Orange County, hi. How are you? All right. You and I talked before about that Eric Adams interview played by Mr. Casamitidis a couple of months ago, I called in. But I remembered when you were going over this Karen segment that I had spent a good five or six seconds apologizing to you about my first meeting. And, you know, a lot of damage done uh, with that, that entire story. But uh, I wanted to thank you for replaying that clip uh, of, is it Amy Cooper? Amy Cooper, yeah. She's the first yeah, one I, I ever heard, the Karen uh, label, which is an unfair, racist kind of attack. And it, it, it's totally unfair, by the way, not only to, well, white women, but especially to white women and black women and Asian women and anybody with the name Karen, which is a very beautiful name. Well, I, I always loved it, you know, and I, I have to tell you, it I, I always sort of feel really strange about saying what my name is, you know, especially if I call into, you know, a radio station or something like that. I mean, because... It, without fail, somebody has something to say. Well, they do. Do me a favor. Say it with pride. Say it boldly. Don't go using your middle name. All right. 
and it'll be a chance. Anytime any idiot brings it up, you can say what you feel about it. And you can talk about Amy Cooper, maybe, and how everybody. Are you going to be able to uh, run that on Newsmax? I'm actually planning to tonight. Uh, We have a lot more to say about it. And this uh, foul person by the name of Christian Cooper getting his own TV show for threatening Amy Cooper. He threatened her. He threatened her. And our society is so backwards that the creeps are getting rewarded and the good people, the innocent, are being punished. It is insane. Karen, never shy away from your name. And, oh, by the way, I, you know, every now and then they try to do something with me. Every now and then I'll see it online. They, they call me a Kevin because uh, some people on the woke left thinks that's like the ultimate white guy name. Oh, wow, what an uptight Kevin that guy is. Of course, I point out to them that one of the coolest black guys around is Kevin Hart. Okay? I mean, like, he doesn't. So, uh, anyway. All right. Don't let this get you down, Karen, right? You feeling good? I'm feeling good, but I understand why people are still up at 2.30 in the morning, though. Think about the stories that you've had to cover. I mean, they're real. I know, but I'm somehow falling asleep at 10.05 p.m., okay? I just, you got to save your energy to fight the next day. Remember that gale in Staten Island, 10 o'clock, 11 at the latest. Thank you, Karen. Uh, I'll be back in a moment. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, I'm crafting a famous Greg Kelly tweet as we speak. At Greg Kelly USA, if you want to see what all the fun's about, at Greg Kelly USA. So I got a picture of Tim Anderson, number seven for the... Chicago White Sox, he's all upset that uh, Donaldson Donaldson from the Yankees called him Jackie, as in Jackie Robinson, as in, well, what's the problem? Especially when you consider that Anderson called himself Jackie Robinson in a Sports Illustrated interview two years ago, saying he's going to be the pioneer, he's going to break down barriers, he's going to be... He's going to be a showman. He's going to bring back individuality to baseball, which is a team sport, of course, but he wants to make it about uh, himself. All right, so I got the picture of uh, I got the picture of Timmy up there. Hey, by the way, okay, so he calls him Jackie, and this guy doesn't like it, and all hell breaks loose, right? The fans start, the, the, the bench is clear, right? Yeah. All right, so uh, here's, I want to hear Donaldson's explanation one more time about all of it. You heard me say it was from an interview and all that stuff. Just go ahead and put that up, all right? Thanks. All right, so first inning, I called him Jackie. So let me give you a little context of that. 2019, he came out with the interview, said that he's a new Jackie Robinson of baseball. He's going to bring back fun for the game, right? And 2019, when I played for Atlanta, we actually joked about that on the game. Um, I don't know what's changed from, and I've said it to him uh, in years past, not not in any manner than just joking around for the fact that he called himself Jackie Robinson, you know. Um, so, you know, if something has changed uh, from that, like my meaning of that is not at any term uh, trying to be racist by any fact of the matter. Um, it was just off of an interview that what he called himself. And when we said that before we joked about it, he laughed, whatever. Uh, as you could tell in our series that we played, there's been multiple times where I've tried to defuse the situation. Like I, I took responsibility for the tag, wasn't trying to do anything there. 
like today just trying to diffuse it like hey like make light like hey we're not trying to start any brawls or anything like that um obviously he deemed that it was disrespectful and look if he did i apologize like that's not what i was trying to do by any manner um and you know that's really that's what happened all right, so uh, you heard it, and uh, I verified it. I looked at that 2019 Sports Illustrated interview, and he is. He's comparing himself to Jackie Robinson, and I'm the new Jackie Robinson. Call me Jackie Robinson. So here's my tweet, all right? Now, do me a favor. Kevin, if this is a mistake, you let me know, okay? So I got this big picture of uh, of uh, Tim Anderson, and he's rounding the bases. I haven't tweeted it yet, all right? I'm just crafting it, and here's what I say. So this is Tim Anderson, or as I like to call him, Jackie Robinson, uh, I call him Jackie because in 2019, Time called himself, wait, in 2019, he called himself Jackie and said he was going to bring the fun back to baseball. Now, Jackie has a big chip on his shoulder about it, and there was a big fight. Screw you, Jackie. What do you think? What? I don't think it's too harmful. No, I think it's fine. You're just giving me enough rope to hang myself with, aren't you? Huh? You think, uh, let me see, I got to make, I got to soup this up. It's not, it's not, um... It's not crazy enough. It's not insulting enough. It's got to have a bit more edge. I call him Jackie because in 2019, he called himself Jackie to Sports Illustrated. I'll put, I'll, should I tag Sports Illustrated? Sports Illustrated. Ah, shit. You can, whoops, bleep that out, please. Bleep that out. Easy there. All right. Did you get it? Oh, of course I did. Oh, phew. I said a bad word, but it wasn't that bad. And quite frankly, I said it not meaning to say it. I said shoot, but I changed my mind about what I was going to say onto something else, and it sounded like something else. But everybody can just relax, okay? Lighten up, Francis. Um, all right. While I craft this little genius of a of a tweet, let's go to Mike in Fort Dix, New Jersey. Oh, boy. Hi, Mike. You're Mike. Sergeant Major Mike, how hey, you doing, Commander? All right. Well, it's not a commander, by the way. Um, I'm a lieutenant colonel, but that's okay, Mike. Don't let's not get too touchy about the rank situation. We're both yeah, civ- we're both civilians now. So what's up? Yeah. Yes, Adjutant Professor. Wait a second. Are you still in the army? You're calling from Fort Dix. I mean, are you on duty? Yes, I was. <laughs> I was born on Fort Dix, raised on Fort Dix. I retired at Fort Dix. I'm just outside of Fort Dix. Wow. You know the little what? town I'm from. Wow. My, dad was, Wait. my dad's old school triple threat. Remember the old triple threat? Royal W2. May he rest in peace. WW2 Korea, Vietnam vet. That's what he was. It's amazing. Greatest generation. All right. So what's up, buddy? Hey, I know you've talked about so many things, so I'm trying to keep it pretty positive. You're 100,000% correct about the baseball thing, first and foremost. The guy was breaking balls, and you know there's people out there, they like to dish it out, but can't. I'm a big-time ball breaker. You can already tell that from the couple times you talked to me if you get my tweets. But I can tell you this much. That's what it is. The guy's thin-skinned. He liked to dish it out. The guy was breaking his balls. He just wasn't in the mood for that day, and he turned it into profit now. Now it's on. Now to talk. Because nobody knew who this guy ever was, just like you said, so eloquently. I never even knew the guy. I'm a big sport. We even talked with his Black Lives Matter and by large matches. I don't watch sports too much anymore, even though I was raised on it because of all this nonsense, but kneeling for the flag and all that. My dad's rolling over in his grave. But anyway, you're 1,000% correct on that one. All right. Well, Sergeant May, hey, what'd you do in the Army? I was a, I retired as a logistician, so I started off the ground. I was in Eastern Europe. You know, you brought a Ronald Reagan, which is, was amazing. I was actually at the wall before, you know, during the wall, after the wall came down. So I was in, like I said, 30-something years. 
till they ran me out towards the end. You know, I, I could see the political handwriting on the wall. I said, man, I better pack my bag and get to running with my mouth. I don't know how I'm, you know. What you do you become, do now? You're retired. I mean, you yeah, sound I'm like, you, you know what you sound like? You sound like a weapon, a weapon waiting for war. We need guys like you. So what do you do is, after all that ar- army's in your blood? Your dad, Fort Dix, born and raised. Now what? Nah, you were, uh, you know, you're a colonel. You know, you have to, um, you know, you're apolitical. In the, you know, you're I know, but now you're out. What do you do now? Right, so I write editorials. I write political editorials. For I'm money? Uh, not residuals, stuff like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm well off because I'm retired e over 30 years, and, and I'm a 100% disabled veteran. Oh. And I don't live in a strapping lifestyle other than my first ex-wife got her claws on my, I pay a thing called... New Jersey so messed up. I pay lifetime child support. My oh, kids are in gosh. their 30s, believe right. it or not. Oh, boy. Well, anyway, listen, I'm glad that you, uh, you, you look, you, you, you paid your dues. You, you, you served the country. I'm sorry about the uh, the injury, but uh, good for you, sir, and uh, we owe you a great debt. So uh, thank you. Keep in touch, okay, uh, Sergeant Mike? Sergeant yes, Major Colonel. Mike? Yes, Colonel. Out. All right, all right, out. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, what a great guy, huh? And, hey, it's right there in Fort Dix. Imagine that uh, entire life. All right, Mary Beth has been on the phone for a long time. What's up, Mary Beth? Hi, where on Long Island are you? Um, Northport. Okay. Um, I, I originally called regarding um, some information regarding the new press secretary to Joe Biden and the press secretary spouse, Zen Movo. Um, and I really will never forget seeing this on television when it happens, but I cannot tell you what year it was. Um, I know that Joe Biden was campaigning for one of the primaries, either the Iowa caucus or in New Hampshire, because it was freezing out. And he was sitting in front. He was indoors in a diner and the glass behind him was all frosted over and Suzanne Malvo was sitting next to him preparing to interview him. Uh-huh. And, I mean, she was a young, I guess, you know, she wasn't an anchor woman then. She was a field reporter. And she's a very beautiful woman, and she's, you know, a very serious-minded journalist. Yes. So he starts, um, she starts the interview, and he reaches over, and he takes her hands in his hands, and he says to her something to the effect of, oh, you must be so cold, and he starts rubbing her hands to warm them up. And the look on her face was like, you know, what am I going to do here? I mean, she was probably new to the job, and he was saying, oh, it's so cold out. Now, does this feel better? And I thought, this guy's out of his mind. (laughs) I mean, seriously, who who does that, Who does that is right. Who does that is right. Tell me more. Well, basically, that's what I remember, because the look on her face and the idea that he was doing this to a professional, you know, journalist, it, it was very upsetting. And as a woman, I'm thinking, God, what would I do? Like, grab my hands All and right. pull What year back. was this? What year was this about, roughly? I'm trying to remember if I don't know how long Suzanne Malvo has been with um, CNN. She's been there for a long time. Let me, let me just go through some things. Now she ran. He ran for president in 2007, 2008. So, and you say this was uh, in a diner somewhere. So the, this must have been when he was running for president on his own, right? Right, and I, or else it could have been when Hillary was was getting ready to run. But I think if she's been there that long, it was when he was trying. 
And it was either in Iowa, where it was very, very cold for the Iowa caucuses, or in New Hampshire. And I'm, I'm serious. He's sitting in. Hey, but I mean, look, I, I will. I'll try to find this, but let's face it. I mean, this is just one of a million examples of him being weird and wrong with women. I mean, licking them, sniffing them, grabbing them, groping them, old ladies, young children, you name it. He and it's ridiculous. And I think it's a strange power play. And obviously, he gets his jollies this way. He really does, and it's um, it's wrong. It's wrong. And Donald Trump, you know what? <laughs> Try to find an image of him being inappropriate with a woman. Good luck. You won't find it. Now, granted, he does say some things every now and then, but uh, we like him for that. And uh, I don't think I've never heard him degrade a woman in person. Have you? Uh, only Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> maybe, maybe that one, but she wasn't in the room. All right. I mean, Mary Beth, I understand that made a lasting impression, but we have seen this before, and it didn't stop him, crazily enough. Oh, no, absolutely. I've seen him. I mean, some woman's husband was being sworn in by Obama to some position. And Biden is practically, I don't know if I should say this word, but humping the woman. He's behind her. And I was like, oh, my God, this man is crazy. But to do it to journalists and I mean, she had to have an earpiece on. I'm wondering if, like, the producer is telling her, you know, pull back or whatever. It was just so – she was so uncomfortable. And I'm thinking now her spouse is working for him. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's kind of weird. What do they really know? What do they really think of this guy? Well, Mary Beth, what are you going to do? I don't like it. You don't like it. I have a feeling, though, we're going to be okay as Joe hobbles back to America from this disastrous trip to – where did they go again? Japan and uh, South Korea. Do we have him again uh, bangle, mangling up our policy regarding Taiwan? Can we do that again, please, if you don't mind? Let's see here. I think it was cut 40, cut 40. You didn't want to get involved in the Ukraine conflict militarily for obvious reasons. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are. That's a commitment we made. Uh, not really. <laughs> and the White House has been doing all kinds of cleanup ever since. Uh, oh, no, we 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 support Taiwan, but we would help Taiwan. We would not. No, he he got too far. What do they like to say in Washington? He got over his skis. But it was the it was the quickness of his reply. He just wanted to sound tough. And that's what makes him tick, you know, and also what works in the moment. Hey, uh, Vic may have something to say. He seems to know all this stuff about Taiwan. He's calling from Pennsylvania. What's up, Vic? Hi, Greg. Uh, two things. First of all, Greg, we do have a treaty with Taiwan that we would come to their aid militarily in the event they have any problems. Okay? Well, so hold on a second. Reason- oh, no, 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 no. There's a difference between fighting ourselves and coming to their aid. There is a difference. There is nuance. And there's also this doctrine of strategic ambiguity. And there is this tradition of not opening our big mouths when it comes to what exactly we would or would not do regarding Taiwan. So the treaty, my understanding is it's all about helping Taiwan, you know, with with food, with uh, with, with 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 grenades, with, uh, you know, parts, that kind of thing. But it doesn't it doesn't explicitly say that we're going to get in there and start, uh, you know, fighting our asses off in those Taiwan Straits. 
Um, you got. You can look it up, Vic. I, you're hesitant. I know what I'm talking I'm about. To, I'm going to. Yeah, I assume you do. That's why, you know, that's why I call you. Second thing, I heard your dad on an interview today, and every time I hear him, you know what? He should have been the mayor or the governor of New York, and believe me, I would be back there so fast, but it makes me sick to think because for a long time, I was under the impression he was going to at least run for mayor. I would have campaigned. I would have been out there every day that I could working for him. You know, it's just a shame. I appreciate it, Vic. I appreciate it. You know what, Vic, quite frankly, he's too good for politics. He's just too good for that. He's too good for that life. Um, You know, these other, these, these punks, these nobodies, de Blasio, Adams, the rest of them, they're nothing without the office. Nothing. Nothing. So they have everything to gain. Everything. They just want to be something. Ray Kelly's already signed. He doesn't need the office. And also, does he need people? Would you, can you imagine, Vic, in your life right now, somebody raising money, collecting money, and then producing a bad commercial about you, Vic, and putting it on TV? It's just kind of an amazing thought. I mean, imagine, okay, a commercial for me would be nice, but a commercial where they didn't like me? Greg Kelly thinks that you aren't paying enough in taxes. Greg Kelly wants you to... uh, I couldn't imagine that. And I don't think my dad really wanted any part of that either. Hey, Vic, thank you very much. Good stuff. I got to take a quick break. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, just remember this... um, I saw this week with George Stephanopoulos, although they had Martha sitting in, and all show long they're going, the big lie, the big lie of the election 2020, the big lie that Trump has been telling about the 2020 election. Uh, you know, Trump has doubts about the 2020 election. So do I. That's not a lie. That's not the big lie. And they say it's been debunked. It's been disproven. It's baseless. No, it hasn't. By who? By Charlie Gibson? Uh, by Good Morning America? By Michael Strahan? We never had a commission. We never had a formal investigation. We had a bunch of, we had a, we had an entire government slash media culture out to stifle any debate, any free and fair inquiry into what happened. Well, 63 judges, Greg, shut up with that stuff. They never got a fair hearing in court. They never got a hearing. It was all about standing. It was like, uh, we'd love to help you, but we can. You got to go see this. You got to go see that office. You got to go to that office. This is not an issue that comes to. They weren't arguing the merits. And I couldn't believe it. And they kept on saying it was the big lie, the big lie. And here's something else. It's a big lie. I saw on the Sunday shows yesterday, they said Republicans don't like diversity and Democrats do. What a horrible thing to say. So I think a better way to look at it, diversity for diversity's sake, is that good? Is that what it's all about? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Diversity of ideas. Oh, gosh. We really do need a Martin Luther King again. What an amazing man. What an amazing statement. And no wonder why the liberals don't like talking about him anymore. You notice that Martin Luther King Day isn't what it used to be, okay? And the liberals have no need for him anymore because he said that pesky thing that they don't like. His dream, his dream that his children will be judged not on the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. What a beautiful, righteous, amazing thought, inspiring to all. Well, except the woke left.
and they want everybody to be judged on skin color and gender and orientation and uh you know I'm inherently I guess I'm I'm, I'm born racist right you can be born a baby your babies are racist remember the anti-racist baby book at least that guy is getting soft canceled Ibram X Kendi whatever his name wrote the anti-racist baby book which inherently was a racist book and he actually had a TV show on Netflix well Netflix gave him the boot which is good. Netflix is finally kind of smartening up about a lot of this stuff. Realizing that their viewers, their customers, don't want to feel like, you know, we're just getting kicked around so much. And it's not a good feeling. And I think it's uh, time for an adjustment. Netflix is catching on. What's next? What is next? Chuck Schumer's all in. He's all in with the woke left. All in. And that's why we got to help Joe Pinion, by the way. Joe Pinion is uh, running against him as a Republican for the United States Senate. It's not over and done. It's not over and done with this race. It's uh, op- Pinion has a shot, and I'd love to see it. Oh, what time is it? It's almost 3 o'clock, and uh, I should. Let's uh, wish everybody a good afternoon. Here's Jill Biden in Ecuador recently wishing everybody a good afternoon. And listen to the way she does it. It's over the top. Weird. Jill Biden, the first lady, they say. Oh, Dr. Jill Biden, excuse me. Cut 47. Thank you for your warm hospitality and welcome. I am honored to be here in this beautiful capital today. And on behalf of my husband and the people of the United States, Buenos Aires. Buenos Tardes. On behalf of my husband and the people of the President of the United States and the President of the United States, I bid you good afternoon. <laughs> it just seems so, after all that fanfare, shouldn't you say something? I wish you world peace and harmony for our two countries coming together. Try saying something like that in Spanish, not Buenos Tardes. It's so weak. I... uh Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of WABC Radio, my staff, Kevin, our executive producer, uh, John Casamitidis, our owner, I wish to you, stay with us, we'll be back after the break. You know what I mean? It's anticlimactic. Good afternoon. Well, all right, one other thing. Hey, don't forget this, and somebody reminded me, Hillary Clinton is not good with the truth. Who remembers this when she was trying to minimize Benghazi? Cut 46, please. Cut 46. With all due respect, the fact is we had four dead Americans. Was it because of a protest or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? Wow. So cavalier. Thoughtless. Right? And the passion that we saw there was she just, I think she was trying to defend herself because she's vulnerable there. What decisions did she make uh, regarding... Security for Benghazi. Hey, real quick, Andrew Giuliani, what did he have to say? Cut one. It's just factually false. And I can point to two things and two pieces of evidence, which I have just posted on my social media. And first and foremost, there was a Board of Elections hearing about a month ago in which are almost 25,000 signatures. After that Board of Elections hearing, what the, hell's going the on? board ruled that only four signatures out of the 25,000 that we had originally submitted had any fault whatsoever. Only four. Huh? I don't know, but I love Andrew Giuliani. I love that guy. 
And he's running for governor. Good luck to him. Zeldin and Astorino, too. But Giuliani, got a soft spot in my heart for him. Hey, even uh, Swazzy, we got to get Hulk out of there, that crazy, hysterical woman. I'll see you tonight at 7. Thank you.